Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for And before we get started, I just wanted to say, if nobody has told you in a while that they love you, if nobody has told you in a while that they care, let it be me. I love every one of y'all, even if I just met you today, and I care about y'all. You know, I mean, I know people need to hear it, and well, you're a pastor, Ray, of course you have to say that. No, it's not because I'm a pastor, it's because I want to say it. You need to hear it as much as I do. So if nobody's ever told you that, let me tell you, okay? I don't. That, that, now you can't go and say nobody's told me that they love me in a long time because you just got that blown today. All right, I did that, okay? But I do care about all of you. Well, I don't get to talk to you that much, right? Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Come talk to me after. Well, I'll talk to you. You know, I know I'm zipping around and stuff. Just stop me. I'll stop. I'm just one of those guys, you know. Just punch it, punch it. Just stop me and I'll talk to you. But thank you all for being here. Earlier, I was in the I was in the the restroom over here, and they you know those little air fresheners that are, you know, usually mounted to the wall way up high, and every so many minutes they go. Well, I was at the sink, and there was one right by the sink, and I was washing my hands, and it went. So if you smell something absolutely beautiful, it's me. Okay, I'm anointed today. And with that anointing, we're going to talk about God's Word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I had uh, an interesting interaction the other day at the coffee shop. When you spend as much time in a coffee shop studying like I do, you get to know everybody. Eventually, you're going to start talking to people. And I met this guy who he kept talking to me. He found out I was a pastor, and he kept talking to me about studies, Studies have shown that Christians do this, and, and studies have shown what they do, and how they act, and the causes they typically take up, and the politics that they generally adhere to. And I told him, all of your presuppositions about Christianity is wrong. He said, why? I said, because you're basing it on what Christians do. Well, what's wrong with that? And I told him about Matthew 7, that Jesus is going to tell most people who think they're saved, depart from me, for I never knew you. I said, there's a problem with most people who call themselves Christians are not genuine believers of Messiah Jesus. They don't know God's word from a hole in the ground. And they are not doing anything like Christ. And I told him, God never called anybody and said for you to be like Christians. He called us to be like Christ. And I said, when you base all your presuppositions on what Christians do and studies have shown and we've observed the Christian culture does acts acts like this, you're already wrong. 
While he was going on, I just said, what time is it? And I have my laptop right in front of me. I've got an iPad here. I've got my watch laying on the table, and I asked him what time it was. And he looked at me like, what are you doing? I said, just what time is it? I said, it's not a trick question. Just what time is it? He reaches down into his pocket, and he pulls out his iPhone. And he goes, it's 341. And I said, okay, I'm glad you reached for your clock. Because what you did is you just went to a standard. I said, what if I told you what time I feel like it is? I feel like it's two or, or something. Then I'd be wrong. What I did was I asked you a question. You went to a standard. You didn't tell me what it felt like. And so what you're doing is you're telling me what you think Christianity is based on what everybody feels like. We have to go to the standard of God's word. God's word is the standard. And I told the guy, I said, I'm telling you, most people who call themselves Christians, they do not know God's word. So you can't base your, what you think about Christianity on Christians. You have to base it on the word of God. You got to go to the standard first. And then I told him Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I said, get your mind out of it. Get your heart trusting God in it. Get all your factoids out. Get all your studies out. And I don't care what professor said what and who said this. I'm going to tell you God's word. Receive that in your heart. Most Christians have lost their identity with God. They have lost who they are. Christians need to know who they are. And God's word will tell you that. It'll show you the relationship you have with the Lord God. You know, I see these things online about new dating, distance dating apps where you meet somebody through a phone video and you're, they show these two weird people holding up wine glasses on a phone, cheers, and then they think they're dating. There's no togetherness in that. The culture is pushing us that distance, now I'm not tackling the COVID thing. But what I'm saying is they're trying to push people to think that distance can still have relationship. It can't. It's got to be close. And we have to realize closeness is so close with God that when you come to belief in him, he gives you the Holy Spirit indwelling you inside you. There's no more intimate closeness than that. It don't get no closer. The Holy Spirit is closer to my wife than I am. Because of that intimate relationship. Christians are losing their identity, who they are with God. And we're going to see that today in 1 Samuel 8. The Israelites start losing their identity with God. They forget who they are with God. So let's get in the Word today. Let's go to the standard. And I figure that's why y'all come to this church, because I read the Word. I don't read one verse and then tell you what I think. That's called a pastronaut. It's a pastor that starts at a verse, he launches, and he never comes back to the Word. I'm not a pastor nut. 1 Samuel 8, verse 1. Y'all are still laughing about pastor nut. Okay, I'm glad it worked. I'll give y'all time to laugh because I like that one. I heard it from someone else. Whoever coined it, you get credit, okay? So, 1 Samuel 8 and 1. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the second, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain. 
took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the leaders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Okay, first thing, something bad's cooking up. Samuel detects it. What's the first thing he does? What's the last thing? He prayed. He goes to the standard. Thank you. He prayed to the Lord about it. How many times do things go wrong in your life and you freak out and go crazy? Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to make the rent? What am I going to do about this? Oh, I hope Trump can do that. Oh, I hope the president, I hope my party, I hope my money can do this. First thing we should do is get to the standard and pray to the Lord every time. Like I said last week, how many times have you had a headache, you made all the effort to get up, go to the medicine cabinet, pop an aspirin, and go sit down and go, and never prayed? Did you pray? You can pray while you're on your way to the medicine cabinet. You can multitask, right? You can do that much, but you should always pray. So this is in the year about 1051 B.C. Samuel was about 70 years old at at this time. Now, apparently, the people of Israel, they are considering Samuel's age, that he won't be able to travel around that yearly circuit he made. He always traveled around Israel. It's like it's getting a little, be a bit much on you. Now, I know at 70 years old, uh, some people at 70 or even 50, for that matter, get in a car and drive across Texas. That's a hard job for them, just sitting in the car that long. They didn't have cars. He's 70, and he's traveling all around the nation. That's a lot of work. For a 70-year-old man, or for anybody for that matter, I can imagine myself doing that. You ever been to Israel? I got a lot of hills, man. I was trying to climb hills the whole time. I'm like, oh my gosh. I climbed one hill and I'm done. Samuel's traveling the whole nation. (laughs) So, and it's interesting how Samuel's sons were wicked men a lot like Eli's sons were. Here we go again. Now, you would have thought Samuel would not have had sons like what turned out as Eli's did. Eli's sons were wicked, and they perverted justice and just went for dishonest gain too. But you consider the outcome. Remember what happened to them. They all got killed on the same day, Eli and his two sons. Now, here's Samuel. He's got wicked sons, and he's trying to set them up as judges. And plus, with him traveling around so much, it's possible the reason that why his sons turned out the way they did, it's possible he wasn't home enough to maintain discipline on them. And that may be why they turned out that way. But Samuel, he wanted to place them as judges. And it seems rather obvious that the people of Israel were concerned that if Samuel's sons, if they were to take over, the country would end up right back in the same mess that plagued Israel before Samuel took office. They're concerned. I I can see a, a reason to be concerned in that. But are they praying to God? No, there's the flaw. Now, before you justify the people, oh, well, it's okay for them to think like that. They're, he's getting old and the sons are bad. Okay, I see their point. Why not just let them have it? They're not praying. We just got a contrast here. Samuel prayed to the Lord. But are the people of Israel doing that? No. That's the problem. They were concerned it was going to turn out like before. Of course, they're concerned about it. They're not praying. But they demanded a king. That's why they demanded a king. Because they did not want to be under the rule of priests anymore. But in turn... This is what grieved Samuel. Because God who had taken them out of Egypt was their king. The Lord God is their king at this point. 
And so what I see going on here is there's a fault on both sides. I do see a fault on both sides of the equation. Samuel and the people of Israel. They both have a fault going on. But this is exactly the circumstances that God had set up to establish to push the people into demanding a king because even though it's a bad situation, there's a larger picture going on at hand here. The fact that the Israelites wanted a king all because all the other nations had a king shows us that they're losing their identity. This circumstance came in place to expose that problem, the bigger problem. The problem isn't as much that they wanted a king. The bigger problem is that they were losing their identity. They forgot who they are with God. God had told them before that they were to be a holy nation unique to the world. They were to be different. And so it's interesting how man's sinfulness, whether it is by Samuel's wicked sons or the people's sin of wanting a king like the other nations, we want to be like all the other nations. You're not supposed to be like all the other nations. You're supposed to be Israel. You're supposed to be different. They want to be like all the other nations. That All the circumstance together would start the ball rolling in the direction of God playing out yet another phase of Israel's history where God would ultimately end up being glorified. Now is not the time for a king. Well, why do they want it? Well, they lost their identity, and it took this scenario to expose that problem, to, for us to be able to see what's really wrong here. It's amazing. The puzzle pieces that get set on the board to make up a new picture. The new picture is not so much we want a king. The, new, the real picture, the bigger picture is they forgot what God called them to be, to be holy. And that's what the whole basis was, that discussion I had with that guy. Christians forgot to be holy. Oh, well, now we're going to go to facts and studies, and it's about Jesus Christ. It's not about what the Christians are doing. Go to the standard. Israel's forgetting that. They want a king. We want to be like all the other nations. You're not supposed to be. 1 Samuel 8 and 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. You ever had your kids disobey and I want this? All right. Find out what happens. <laughs> That's basically what's going on here. You want that so bad? Find out what it gets you. Let's just play this out. So the people were rejecting God, not Samuel. They wanted a king. They demanded a king. God says, let them have what they want. Give it to them. Heed their voice. You need to warn them, though, what this king's going to be like. Comes with a warning. Now, one thing to consider here is that their request for a king is not totally itself improper because God promised them that a king would come. He did tell them that in Scripture before. Let me show it to you real quick. I'm just trying to show you where they're getting this idea from, not just because they want to be like the other nations, but in Deuteronomy 17, 14, it says, When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it, and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. You shall surely set a king 
over you whom the Lord your God chooses. You see that. They know king's coming, but it's not their choice. It says, whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. So it's got to be an Israelite. Now they're looking that way, but they want to do it now. Right now. We want a king. Now, now, now. God's like, no, 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 not right now. No, we want a king now. They know the scripture here, but they totally forgot that part whom the Lord your God chooses. They're trying to jump ahead of the Lord. You ever try to do that? God, I I need this, and I need this right now. And God, since you're not giving it to me right now, well, I'm just going to go out and take it. And it just blows up in your face. (laughs) Can you see yourself? I can see me in this story. Don't point at the Israelites. Oh, you Israelites, mm, you're so bad. That's me. And you know that's you. Why'd you look at me, Ray? You know that's you. (laughs) Whom the Lord chooses. Israel refused to wait on the Lord's timing. And by doing so, they want to choose a king for themselves. Now, that's not in line with what the Lord promised them. They needed to remember what the Lord really promised them. They should have really gone and looked at the Scriptures first and said, wait a minute, at least somebody should have said, hey, wait, it's whom God chooses, not us. Remember how Israel had a bad habit of running into battle without asking God what to do first. Remember they didn't consult with God, okay? Well, now they're running into getting a king without asking first. Always ask. God wants you to ask. He wants you to do it the right way. Every time you try to take over for God, because you're in a hurry, things will turn out wrong. Every time. I have a whole life story all about that, if you ever want to hear it. Now, the king that God had intended, has intended at this point, for Israel would be the king to begin the messianic line, the line of David, through which the Messiah would come. God's redemptive plan. But the people said, give us a king now. And they're going to choose a king that's not in the line that God had for Israel. This king they're going to get is a Benjamite. God said somebody from the tribe of Judah would start this. Okay, so you can see how things are going off in a bad way. Give us a king now. And they had the intention of choosing a king that was not in God's plan for their salvation. The king they're going to get is going to be a king who's going to mess them up. Lord Jesus is a king who fixes us up. Now, this give us a king now attitude, this is a rejection of God. Because they're rejecting his timing. They're rejecting his choosing. But not only that, but demanding a king right now. That was quite a rude thing to ask for. You ever come in, honey, I'm hungry. When's dinner? I'm hungry now. And you're in the kitchen, gals, and you hadn't even started anything. You're like, dude, chill out. Okay, they're telling God a king now, right now. That's a rude thing to say, especially when you consider that the Lord had just saved them from being killed by the Philistines. He just saved them. And now they're being pushy with God. Everything that the Lord is trying to do for them is for their benefit. You'd think that after seeing the Lord's leadership on the battlefield, that they'd be saying, what do we need a human king for when we have the Lord? But as people often do, they wanted to put their faith in government over God. We want a king. We want this guy that's going to go out there and do all this stuff for us. And guys, we're doing that to same sin today. 
Oh, I hope Trump can fix this. I hope Obama can fix this. I hope Pelosi can fix this. I hope it. You see how ridiculous it sounds? I named both sides of the fence on that. So you get a nice wide variety of how ridiculous it is. I don't play Republican or Democrat. I play trust in the Lord. That's where I'm at. When you put your faith in the government, you're really setting yourself up for a mess. They wanted a ruler they could see. They wanted a government over God. And so Samuel is ordered, give them what they want, but not without first explaining what kind of king they're going to get. One that's going to make them seriously regret they ever did this. Guys, people have been trusting in government to fix their mess for a long time. You think there's a lot of regret going on today? Oh, yeah. And they're still thinking, yeah, but the government will pull it off. But just my side of the government. Only my guy. Uh, baloney. First Samuel 8 and 10. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Oh, here it comes. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. The Lord will not hear you. I often hear people say, oh, the Lord hears every prayer. No, he doesn't. It says it right there. Now look at the emphasis that Samuel said there in verse 18. The king you have chosen for yourselves. That goes in direct opposition to the promise of a coming king later that he prophesied in the verse we showed you, the king that the Lord would choose. They're going against God's word. This is why you need to know God's word. Because if you don't know it, you will violate it. You better know it. Well, it's a big book, Ray. Well, get started. So he's sharply warning them that they are not waiting on God's choice. The king they want is going to turn out to be a dictator, not a king. A dictator. Dictators always build up wealth for themselves at the expense of everyone under them without care for how poor they might be or how it might affect them. This is the kind of king they're going to get. Samuel is warning them, guys, you spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt and you're marching right back into slavery right now. Why would you want to do that? He's going to push the people. This king is going to push the people into military troubles, into wars. He's going to take their property away and use it for his own gain. He's going to tax them. But by the time they realize the trouble they've gotten themselves into, God is not going to listen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.